Back on the show, Gary Naming and Bill Haston, two Tulsa World Sports columnists with a little time to kill. And we're grateful you decided to uh, to kill it with us. Uh, TulsaWorld.com is where you can catch the video version. Just a couple of prefaces here. And uh, if you'd like just the podcast, Spotify, Apple, and Google is the way to go. Okay, Bill, all basketball for once uh, for you and, you and me here in this space. And whereas uh, we normally, the day after Selection Sunday, want to dive into the bracket, because as you just pointed out, there are no uh, Oklahoma men's basketball teams in the bracket this year. Maybe we just ignore that and, and get to the other passion when it comes to March in college basketball, and that's coach search. There's one ongoing at the University of Tulsa. Not right. a surprise to anybody that Frank Haith has coached his last game with the, uh, the hurricane. You laid out magnificently over the weekend uh, the factors in his downfall. I think uh, everyone uh, by now is aware of those. The question thus becomes, what does Rick Dixon do with that job? Uh, any ideas out of the gate? Um, well, I mean, first of all, it's felt like really all season and going into the season even, it felt inevitable that this would happen. And yet, I think because we live in the Bible Belt, and we're like sensitive to other people's feelings. It's still shocking when there's a coach firing around here. To me, it was. It was even though I was at like eight games this season. I saw that empty arena. Yeah, they finished four and fourteen in the conference. Um, they go one and ten on the road. It felt like imminent that this would happen. Uh, and yet, Saturday when it actually, not that he was fired, but. It's a forced resignation, call it what it is. And uh, so I guess he was fired. I mean, it, it's a forced resignation. And, um, but it was a little shocking when it went down. Um, so what do I think Rick will do? Uh, I think Rick will, isn't it interesting though that he 31 years ago, like right now, 31 years ago, he he's looking for a basketball coach. At yeah. Yeah. Then he goes away for, and, and he did really well hiring Tubby Smith. Uh, changed the whole school when he hired Tubby Smith. Then Rick goes away for a long, long time, and he comes back here 31 years later. Here he is hiring a Tulsa basketball coach. So I would say this about candidates. You and I were talking before we hit record about the viability of Mike Anderson, whose name I've heard a couple of times uh, over the last couple of days. And then, uh, but don't underestimate the power of the relationship the Tubby Smith Rick Dixon relationship, which extends to Pooh Williams. Pooh will get a look at this job. There's mm -hmm. no question about it. And then you find out, well, this TU person doesn't really want Pooh. This TU person wants Anderson, and then vice versa. And so there's not a doesn't seem to be a consensus with the TU donors, maybe. But I don't. I can't even say that I can identify clearly who that core group of donors is now. 15 years ago, absolutely. I knew them all. But today, I know of a couple, but I don't know if there's any like uh, younger, a, a new generation of influencers in that regard at TU. Uh, I think Rick is going to want to get this done within 10 days, and we are now at day three. Uh, so I, I don't think this will be a drawn out Nebraska kind of botched process. It'll, it'll get done. I would say max, Garen, by uh, 10 days from today, like the end of next week, we'll have an announcement. But, mm. uh, you know, and for all the candidate lists and all the debates and 
hypotheticals. Rick will probably hire somebody we've never heard of <laughs> or somebody we're completely not thinking about. So, but we'll see. Yeah. How many people have heard of Orlando uh, Tubby Smith when Rick brought him in, in this market? Well, in this market, like none. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure within the basketball community, Tubby was, uh, it's funny too, because the first year or so that he was at TU in, in the paper, he was always first reference Orlando. Yeah. yeah. And then we just realized <laughs> he ain't Orlando, he's Tubby. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, this is going to be a really, really interesting. Rick Dixon did not expect to have to do this when he came back. I'm came sure. back really to, to, to steady the ship on finances and COVID uh, damage control or yeah. damage containment or whatever. And, and uh, I don't think you really expected to have to hire, fire and hire a coach. Um, but here we are. And mm -hmm. I just think that, uh, you know, Rick is a veteran of this. He's, and, and he hired the most, he's, he, it could be argued he hired one of the three or four most important people in the history of that school, Wayne Tubby. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I trust that he'll make the right play. I just don't really have a feel for who that right person right. might be. The, the, there's, you look for connections to what I, what I call like the Holy Trinity when it comes to team basketball coaches. Uh, with Nolan Richardson, it's Anderson, getting back to when Mike played for, for Nolan. Uh, in uh, in nineteen, you know, when Nolan took the job in nineteen eighty, with with Tubby, it's Pooh Williamson, who you've already mentioned. The third member of that that trifecta is Bill Self, of course. I don't, I don't know if we can connect a candidate to, to Bill right now, can we? Uh, we, uh, could have, well, we could at one time, but his his tree's got some broken branches to it, to be honest, right? Joe Dooley didn't really really work out. Right. Um, uh, gosh, Norm Roberts hasn't really panned out as a head coach. Right. Uh, Curtis Townsend hasn't been a head coach. He's been with Bill now for forever yeah. up, in, up in Lawrence. Uh, I mean, there, I don't, I, I think, I think if we're connecting someone or this process to self, it's, it, it might be Paul Mills just because Bill moved across town once upon a time to take the job. I, I, I guess Mills could do that uh, 25 years later. You, you know, Paul a lot better than I do. What, what would, what would he think of this position? Uh he would think it's in a, a, a the a power six conference. Uh, he think he thinks highly of the American. Um, he thinks highly of this market uh, as a producer of talent. Although uh, I got to tell you, uh, this is part of the problem at Tulsa Garen. I was at about forty high school games this year. Okay, mm -hmm. I did not see Tulsa at a. At a not one game, not a Tulsa coach, a Tulsa representative of the staff did not see a Tulsa person at one game. Now, could they have been seated way up behind me in the bleachers or something? Of course. I'm just saying I didn't see them, any of them, like seated with other coaches where they typically sit. So that's a problem. Uh, but you know what? I don't see ORU there much either. And that's mm -hmm. ORU too, because there's a lot of good basketball athletes in this market. Uh, Paul... I, I mean, Paul, uh, I don't know if it's strictly personnel or if it's some of it was uh, coaching philosophy. I don't know. Or, or coaching failure. I don't know. But T, uh, ORU took a big step back this year. And it mm. could be Kevin O'Banner having left. Uh, but their defense this year was was gruesome. 
and, and that's the reason uh, that they got bounced in the semis of the Summit League. I think Paul's a really, really good coach. Uh, I think he plays a sensationally fun to watch brand of offensive basketball, but he's got some uh, cleanup to do on the defensive aisle of the store because it's a mess right now. And uh, but I but as a guy and a and a let's see, Paul is forty nine. Um, which, you know, that used to be considered an older coach. I don't consider it an older coach. Mike Anderson's 62. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't consider Mike Anderson an old man by any means. Um, but what is going to fit best for Tulsa? One consideration, Garen, is money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank started here in 2014 at $1.3 million. Danny Manning, his predecessor, had been making $450,000. So TU tripled its money um, for Frank Haith. And the explanation to me was, well, we're going into the American now. We have to pay at that level to keep these coaches. Well, you can't spend beyond your means. You shouldn't spend beyond your means. Uh, And and TU has done that now for several years with both football and basketball. So it's just a guess. Maybe some donor will step up and and subsidize and and be a game changer on this, Karen, but my expectation is that TU really would like to get its head basketball money closer to uh, uh, where they stand financially mm-hmm. as a university. And the gym's been empty. You know, yeah. uh, a couple of ADs ago at TU, there was a statement, we expect basketball to be a revenue-generating operation. It, the gym is empty, man. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that's why I said, okay, if they don't make a change with Frank, uh, and if you think attendance can't get worse, it can. Mm-hmm. It can be completely So they had to do this. Um, and like I say, I mean, we could speculate on names. and can- I rolled out a, a candidate list the other day. You know why? Because that's what we do. Yeah. Right. I mean, and were there some names on there that I know don't have a chance or, you know, course that I, I put Brian Montanati on there because he blew me away this season and he was so impressed and I thought I'm just gonna thought I just want to put yeah. him on this just so people will maybe you know give him some props and, yeah. and maybe want to know more about Brian Montanati who yeah. I think is an amazing upside in coaching um but the guys on that list KT Turner from OU I think we'll get a look Pooh Williamson certainly uh Paul Mills maybe um, although there is a history of the TU people looking down on the ORU people. They can't now. They shouldn't now. Not, a, not, after, this, not after the two crowd sizes this year. Amen. No, I mean, all the momentum right now in basketball is at ORU. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not in Midtown. So, mm-hmm. And when you go to ORU, too, you have to park and, and, and walk around this massive construction project, which is going to be the 10,000 square foot Mike Carter Athletic Center, which is going to be a really cool, beautiful building. So um, it's a big off season for Paul Mills too, because I kind of don't expect Max Aspens to be around another season. Right. So you lost old Banner last year and now probably Aspens, just my, it's just my guess. And um, so you're kind of, starting over with personnel, but I do like Paul's style of play. I do. You brought up uh, money as an issue that Rick Dixon's going to have to overcome, and there's no doubt that that's the case where once upon a time it might not have been. I'll tell you a couple of other things that, that, have, that I have come up with that 
make this job harder for Dixon. He's been at this for a long time, and I, I don't—I I know he's—he's going to pull a guy that—that that, uh, well, I don't know, but I, I suspect he's going to pull a guy that makes us think that's why he—you know—that's right. that, why he's been doing this for so long. However, I think the process is complicated by just to use stature drop. I—I uh, I don't know if they're going to get. Well, for instance, if, if once upon a time, a guy like Jerome Tang, Scott Drew's right-hand man at Baylor for mm-hmm. all these years, would have would have considered a TU for, for his first job, I think he's beyond that right now. I think Tang's going to get a higher D1 job for his, for his first go. Uh, so I think, in a way, TU's market, marketed outside of some even high-level assistance on the Division I level. There's also mid-major guys that once upon a time might have been considered uh, a look. I think of a guy like Grant McCaslin at North Texas. When long ago, where we sh- we surely thought that going from UNT to TU would have been a step, obvious step up. I don't know if it is right now. And that's another guy who I think will get a better job than what Rick Dixon will offer. And so then you really get into the weeds of uh, uh, lesser-known hidden hidden gems not just in the mid-major ranks, Bill, but in the high-major assistant ranks. Sure, I agree. Um, the only reason I didn't put Jerome Tang on the list, and actually he was on the original list, and it, but I just decided I don't want 19 names on there. I want 10 or 11 or something. So uh, Because I'll bet you at Baylor right now, he's making right at what TU's going to want to pay its next head coach. Let's just say to you, it pays the next guy seven fifty, uh, which is a lot of money. Uh, but like McCaslin, you mentioned him. He was immediately on like speculated speculation lists at K State, right? And I think maybe one other place. So I mean, I don't, I don't know. He's why I didn't include him on that list either. Although he's a well known guy that's ready for that next move, like right. like. Like, like the guy that went from Louisiana Tech to Florida. Uh, you know, McCaslin's ready to make that kind of move. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just know the last seriously long talk I had with Rick, he acknowledged the money dynamic is a big deal. And, you know, but he never stated to me, of course, he, I haven't even spoken with Rick uh, before – Saturday went down. No, that's not true. Of course, we talked, but I did not know it was going to happen on this day or to expect it. Absolutely. I expected it that it would, but I didn't know that it was going to happen. Uh, I, in fact, I went into the weekend telling people, I think there's a 5% chance that it doesn't happen. And there was movement within the program uh, with regard to maybe talking to other people about staff jobs and that, that would suggest that Frank really believed he would be back next year. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, to you, basketball is in a sad place right now. Yeah. And, uh, it's a lot more fun around here when they're good. Yeah. And, and it would be amazing if they and ORU could be good at the same time. And the Sooners and the Cowboys. I mean, because the 90s were a lot of fun. Hey, real quick before we move on to uh, to other basketball topics, let me throw you names of, lack of a better term, reclamation projects that are familiar to a lot of fans around here. 
uh, who at one time would would never be considered for a job like Tulsa right now, but because of personal circumstances, got way sideways and and had their careers sort of off go off the rails. One is Sean Sutton, Texas Tech assistant. Two is Billy Gillespie, who's uh, got some tread in this market, right? Uh, it's, well, there's a self connection once upon a time. And three is um, who is three? Who am I thinking? Oh, uh, uh, Greg Marshall. Who lost control of his uh, his personal life basically and, and his behavioral situation at Wichita State that cost him one of the best uh, after doing some of the best work of, of any coach anywhere for years cost yeah. him his job up in up in Shockerville. Any of those names viable options here? No. Uh, Sean, I put on the list the other day. Sean is twelve years removed from his arrest in Stillwater. Uh, I mean. You can, you can look at Sean today uh, and tell just by his appearance that he's, he's a healthy guy today. He's a healthy – he did not look healthy because he was not healthy 12 years ago. Uh, but he, he's in great shape now. I think he has, Garrett, the perfect job at Texas Tech. He is a factor in something really important. He is a, a, a valued staff member for a top 15 program. Is it a top 15 program? Well, it is right now today. Right now it is, yeah. But, but I mean, in the big picture, I'd say top 20 program in the country. And then he doesn't have the stress of media, the stress of the head coaching responsibilities. Of course, he doesn't have the, the rewards that go with that, yeah. too. So I would say of those three, Sean is – is uh, the least damaged with regard to viability. Uh, Billy, I mean, I mean, Billy screwed up Kentucky. I mean, you could say Billy should, never should have left a because that's where he, that was, he was at the height of his powers was at a and uh, But Billy has some off, out of, off the court stuff too that was not good, including one of those situations, I mean, you know, right here. Uh, mm -hmm. But with regard to knowing the game and and recruiting, and, and he's a he's a, a rare guy. He's so gifted as a coach, but you know, kind of a self destructive guy too. Right. You know, I hope some uh, enterprising uh, producer spends eighteen months on a Billy Gillespie thirty for thirty. Oh gosh, I bet it would be staggering. Absolutely staggering. Uh, and then uh, Greg Marshall had three scandals. Not, I would say two scandals and uh, an unfortunate deal. I mean, his wife, it, when when his wife makes headlines, yeah, when right. his wife makes headlines, that's not good. Um, and then uh, remember he had to be restrained, Garen. He was trying to fight. Yeah. Who was he trying? Was it an opposing coach or an opposing player? I think it was. Uh, and wasn't that like a preseason game? No, it was. It was like a Canadian tour. Yeah, yeah. It was some tune-up game. Yeah, no, no. It was a nothing game. And he was like, like, like he had to be like restrained, not just for a moment, but for like a long time. Yeah. He, and I, I always wondered, what if they had turned him loose? What was he going to do? Just kill right. somebody? Was right. he just going to beat the, beat the yeah. crap out of somebody right there? Really, what was he going to do? I would love to know. Turn him loose. Let's see what he does. Yeah. A lot of fake tough guys, uh, if you turn them loose, they're probably not that ready to, to square up. Right. Uh, 
but but I but that was a, a hideous moment for him. And then obviously, uh, you can't mistreat players today. You kidding me? You you shouldn't treat mistreat players ever, but you can't mistreat players now. Mm-hmm. So, no, he's out. He, plus, he was making them over three million. Which he was making a mint, yeah, for sure. And and, for, and even if they contacted him, you know, he he not go, he was he would want to start the talks somewhere around two million or something. Yeah. So, I I say no, he's not. Uh, of those three, even I would say, at least Billy has a history here. Greg Marshall has a history here, but it's as a, a hated opposing coach. <laughs> yeah, hated in the sports sense. I mean, uh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. No, he's he's a damn good coach, and I mean, I, maybe he'll. And for all I don't even know, is he doing anything now? Is he? I don't think he is. Staff? Is he at the end of an NBA bench? I think he's undercover. Is what I think, but uh, hopefully getting some help. For anger management is what I what I hope, but um, yeah, no, Sean, we have a pretty good handle on, but uh, the other two would be uh, wilder cards for sure. Um, all right, I, I've I tried that whole anger management thing; it doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. A lot of there's a lot of sports writers who've tried anger management. I'm referring to I had a heck of a time, Patrick Prince. I know you're listening. Uh, I'm <laughs> getting logged on here. To- <laughs> It made me change my password for like the fourth time. Yeah. That's my anger management. Zoom has, Zoom has meant anger management issues for the last two years mm. for a lot of COVID-affected and uh, technology-affected sports drivers. Okay. Um, yeah, Sooners, okay, we'll do a drive-by of the tournament. Oklahoma doesn't get in. A lot of fans, even some media, trying to figure out the the whys and the what's, the hows, the formula. To me, Bill, it comes down to the fact that they lost, they won four quad one games uh, they could have won up to nine. I think they were one and five in three-point games in that quad. They were two and six on the year in three-point or fewer games. So uh, if you're Porter Moser, you're, you're telling your guys, we this was something we could have controlled. We didn't because we lost just about every toss-up game we played. They, they, they Props to them for fighting is often the inferior team in those matchups, Bill, but you gotta you got to win more than two. Yeah. No, that's just it. They're 39th in the net rankings, um, which is that in and of itself is good enough. Uh, but they just had to that lull, that midseason law was too much to overcome. Mm-hmm. It just was. And there's only 68 teams. I mean, and there's always going to be exactly this kind of OU team. Right. Uh, there's always going to be this kind of team just like OU this season that gets it's on the fringe and gets left out. So mm-hmm. I think OU was probably an easy scratch for the committee. They're um, they're off to play the uh, Missouri State Bears in the NIT tomorrow. Um, everyone else will focus on outside of the OU fan base, focus on the the real tournament, the, the 68 team NCAA, NCAA, which gets going with the first four Tuesday night. Uh, you were at you spent several hours <laughs> in Norman and that and that metro area watching uh, boys basketball the last five or so days. Uh, any, any tales from the road besides uh, uh, seeing the Chargers of Memorial win another gold ball and Booker T come heartbreakingly close in six A? Uh, the uh, well, you know, the state tournament this year and for two more is at the Lloyd Noble, and the Lloyd Noble is just is the worst venue in the state. For that event, it's a, such a cool event, and it's just the worst venue for it. But the games were unbelievable. You know what? Maybe the two best games I 
Well, the, maybe the best game I saw this year might have been the Edmund North Bixby girls Saturday. Oh, yeah, the buzzer beater. Yeah. There's another 30 for 30 uh, type of a game. Oh, my Lord, that was a good game. Poor Bixby. I mean, they're up 10 late, uh, fairly late in the game. And But Edmund North, I had seen them in the Jinx Union tournament, and they were so good, even though I wasn't, like, intently watching them. But they were so good, I was like, oh, my Lord. Uh, it, it was it was like like UConn at its best execution, you know. They were tremendous. So, uh, but man, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun it was a fun three days, and and uh, the Booker T game was high drama. Oh my gosh! But Edmund North has a lot of size. They got six guys, six four or taller, mm-hmm. and they use that size really well. Booker T doesn't have one player taller than six three, so. You had this beautiful class of styles and Edmund North both very well coached in what they do, but what Edmund North did was capitalize on their size. They won the rebound battle 39 to 20, hmm. doubled up the Hornets on rebounds, and, and uh, Aaron Potter and Cam Parker played their guts out. I mean, and but, you know, uh, Edmund North, people had said before the tournament, Garen, that Look out for Edmund North. That's a real threat to Booker T. And uh, after about a quarter and a half that night, I was like, yeah. I, in fact, they were they were so impressive with the way they executed and used that size that by, even before, before halftime, I was thinking, I know Booker T can beat more tomorrow. I don't think they can beat Edmund North tonight. So I, I knew I was watching the state championship. Yeah. There. And it was it was super dramatic, and um, and Booker T had an amazing season. Aaron Potter had an amazing time. Will tell whether he's the player of the year. I mean, if I get a vote, he's the player of the year. Uh, but uh, oh my gosh, it was it was really really. I I, I was at the Lloyd Noble for every game. <clears throat> I didn't go to any of the sub sites or the other sites, um, but it's uh, it makes you appreciate the Maybe Center. Uh, a lot more. And it's yeah. so sad, Garen, that the Maybe Center lost the state tournament and the Tournament of Champions at the same time that it renovated the arena to, like, brand new, in some ways better than than new. It's better now. It is better now than it was brand new. They've got – they built these four – they got four suites on either side of the arena that are beautiful suites, but they're open-air suites. It's kind of a unique, cool design the way they did it. And uh, – Every seat is brand new. You got three acres of free parking. Mm-hmm. That's such a problem for TU. That or you've got to beat three acres of parking to none for for TU with regard to free on-site parking. None. TU has none. Um, TU's got to TU's got to get a, a parking garage, parking structure built on that east right campus. It's so. And I don't want to hear any TU person say, well, it costs a lot of money. Anything of value costs money. But you can't afford to sit on your hands and do nothing. Right. You hit the gym. So whatever. Uh, but I, I, with regard to the competition and the steak burger at the Lloyd Noble, pretty good. Uh, but the gym itself is, 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 is a disgrace. And I can't believe the the twin practice facilities. You've been in that facility right, like right, a thousand times, and and they've actually upgraded them recently. Yeah, so nice. 
you don't bulldoze them, the Griffin Performance Center, <clears throat> just on the other side of those practice facilities, it's fantastic. But the arena needs to be crushed and they need to play for a year downtown Oklahoma City or or at or half their games at the old field house or something. Um, what is the capacity of the field house on campus? Barely 5,000. So you could play some games there. Yeah, I meant for OU, that would actually work for, yeah. for two-thirds of their games. <laughs> yeah, you really could. And then, <laughs> and then like Kansas, Texas, Bedlam. Right, at, right. At, at Chesapeake, well, wait a minute, Paycom Center or the Myriad, which is now something else, Cox Business Center, I think. But anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, Massively enjoyable, lots of great basketball. This was the best high school basketball season for Oklahoma in since the nineties. Yeah, uh, so great year, uh, great champions, great games there at the end. Uh, uh, just felt terrible. And gotta say, uh, Memorial, uh, the Memorial Dynasty, uh, which it is a dynasty. They now have won five championships in ten years. Tenth. Uh, no, I think it's six in 10 years and Bobby Allison's fifth and the 10th in school history. But Bobby shared this stat with me. They are now 52 and three in their last 55 in the post. Goodness. How about that? So, and you know what I believe too? Pound for pound, they, they're the best team in the state this year. With all due respect to Edmund North, I, I, I think Memorial's the best team in the state. Bobby, uh, Bobby, ever think about jumping to college? Nah, he is such, you know, I guess maybe he might do that, but he he would never leave there to go to another high school job. Mm -hmm. No, no, for sure he's not. A he, he played there. And yeah. He's the most gung-ho Charger culture guy. Yeah. Uh, he, he is, and he's, uh, you know, it's so funny because Gil Cloud really had to lobby hard on his behalf uh, TPS didn't want to give him that job because he looks so young. You know, <laughs> in fact, Gil was told this guy looks like a kid. Yeah. He said, I don't give a bleep what he looks like. <laughs> really, coach. And yeah, good for Gil Cloud for, for yep. getting it done. And, and Memorial is the hottest, best, most accomplished program over the last 10 years, with the possible exception of Kingfisher and. Um, no one. Dell City's been really good. Dell City won six A last year. Memorial handled them pretty well the other yeah. day. Right. Year. So, yeah, more great, great run for Memorial. Well, you know, I'm a sucker for TPS success stories. Love uh, what Coach Allison and the Chargers are all about. And I, and I'll, another quick note along those lines: How about the Rogers girls? Uh, made it to the semis, right? Yeah, they, they, they did. did win. They did win one, I think, in state uh, along the way. Um, the Ropers uh, with a great run despite roster issues. Apparently, eight players in uniform. Incredible. So, major props to those uh, those young women. That's fantastic. I saw that they were at the hotel that we stayed at in Norman, and I go, I see them in the lobby, and I said, "Hey, Rogers." Uh, yeah, I, I came all of it all this way. They didn't have any idea who I am. <laughs> <laughs> would care that who I am uh but but I said you know I said I came all this way to watch you guys play and and they kind of got a kick out of that but yeah no it was great to have them there yeah. and, and even better that they got to play a game at Floyd Nolan uh, yep. in but eight kids you know no depth I mean yeah it was uh you know they battled 
That's uh, that's I think the the motto when it comes to TPS nowadays. All right, it, 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 they do have one player though, Garen. Holy cow! And you know what her name is? It's McQuarters. Oh, oh, that's right. I did see that. Yeah, I did notice that in the uh, box score. She just went right by defenders all day uh, yeah. when I watched them. So she's a really nice player. That's awesome. All right, uh, we've uh, we've covered the ground that we can and the time we have. So let's uh, let's put a stop to it there. Come back next week, talk, uh, or even later this week, if there's an update with regard to TU basketball. I was about to say, we can do an emergency. Uh, what do they call them? Emergency pods? Emergency vidcasts? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, listen, I mean, if it's – I'll be a little surprised if it's uh, – if Rick Dixon has his uh, process done by the week this weekend. Right. But I won't, I won't be shocked. I just keep hearing that he he's – and think about it too. He's had months to think about this, mm -hmm. right? Months, and there's no laws or rules against, right? Making some discreet phone calls, yeah, uh, here and there. And I just, I feel like this is not a process that really truly began Saturday, right? And who knows? Two months ago, yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll update you accordingly on on that and uh, and. Perhaps uh, have a little fun with the NCAA tournament as it moves forward and our brackets get uh, get trashed. Who do you like, who have winning? Oh, have you done a bracket? Not yet. I usually wait oh. until right before the tip off of the first first four game. Yeah, mine is so chalky; it's not even any fun. Yeah, I've well, I usually Dagger beating KU in the championship game. So, oh boy, I I've seen enough of Kansas to to be very leery of them. Um, I, I know they just won the Big Twelve tournament and all, but. Uh, I, I sort of think Iowa might uh, might be their knockout game in the Sweet 16, just off off the top of my head. But we'll see. Um, all right, we'll, we'll be back soon with more uh, video-wise on TulsaWorld.com. Uh, the pod is available via Apple, Google, and Spotify.